When I had been hustled off to school amidst a clatter and commotion, the real business of the day started. My mother doing the housework and the cooking, we could not afford help, preparatory to relieving my father so that he could start out on his rounds with a small van and the old pony, delivering orders and calling at the outlying villages and isolated farms with a heterogeneous selection of goods ranging from farm boots to bags of flour and from rolls of wire netting to needles and cotton tins of cocoa, packets of tea, and butter and margarine. In addition, he often acted as unpaid carrier and delivered bundles and parcels which had been dumped at the shop the previous day. He had a keen sense of humour, which must have sustained him in a hard-working life about which he never complained, and at the time I never realised with what loving, anxious care my mother looked after him. How I hated the shop! with its conglomerate smells and the muddle which was unavoidable from the number and variety of the goods and the lack of space. I made my homework last all the evening so that I should not be called upon to help, but during the holidays I had no excuse. I hated most of the customers too, the country people who spent too much time gossiping and asking personal questions if ever I had to be there, the ones who poked about and handled things and argued about the price and as often as not, went away without making a purchase, saying they could shop much better and more cheaply in Tunbridge or Sevenoaks. But most of all, I hated the gentry, as my mother called them. The grand people from the one or two big houses in the district, who came in occasionally for things which they had neglected to order from the stores. I resented bitterly their airs of superiority, and their obvious feeling that they were slumming when they bought from my father's shop, whilst at the same time I longed to be of their number, to roll up in a car with a chauffeur and be addressed in the shops as Madam and Miss. No Brie or Stilton, they would ask disparagingly when offered the less expensive varieties which were all that we kept. Oh well, I must have some cheese for tonight. I'll take a quarter of a pound and get some of the sort we really like from the stores tomorrow. The servants can finish up this. At the time I was born, and perhaps up to the war, people still had plenty of servants, and some of my mother's friends were in service at these big houses. With the door open between the shop and the room, as we called it for want of any more precise designation, I liked to listen to the gossip that went on between them and my mother, the scandalous tales that were told about their employers and their wives and daughters, tales compounded of a little knowledge and a lot of imagination for the titillation of my mother's taste for such gossip. My sympathies were all for the people who owned the big houses, for I longed to be amongst the Miss Barbaras and the Mr. Toms, who got themselves involved in such tangles and adventures, though I had never seen the inside of even the kitchens. Once or twice, though this too I hated, my mother had sent me with some small parcel of goods for which the cook had rung up in a hurry, or with eggs from our own hens which they were graciously pleased to buy because though they did not say so, they could get them a penny or two cheaper than at the stores. On such occasions, whatever the weather, I was left to wait outside the back door for my basket. Don't you go to the front door, mind, my mother never failed to tell me. I know what you are, with your highfalutin ideas. Once I was sent to the Glebe, the biggest of such houses, with a note, and told to wait for an answer and I knew to my shame that it was a note asking for payment of a bill that had long been owing. 
The shame was for my mother in asking for it, not for the Farns who owed it. After a long wait in the rain, Mrs. Farn herself came to the back door, wearing an elegant velvet housecoat with a diamond clip at the neck and with diamonds on her slim white fingers. She gave me a disdainful glance, as if I were a bad smell. Are you the girl who brought the note from Matson's? she asked. Yes, I said, and did not add the madam as my mother or my father would have done. She thrust a sealed note into my hand. Here, take this, she said, and I knew she was fuming with indignation. Andrew can tell your father that I shall not deal with him again. I can get all my requirements from the stores. I took the note and scuttled away, enraged by what I considered my father's importunity, and took care to give him the message when he came.